1: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your
2: podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA.
5: now, your main event, introducing the hosts of Wrestling With Freddy, Jeff Di, and Freddy Prince Jr. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling With Freddy. And here is your wrestling news headlines of the week. The Good Brothers have returned to WWE. DX had their 25-year anniversary. AEW had its first show in Toronto. Renee Paquette joins the broadcast for AEW as well, as well as the return of Sean Spears, the Perfect Ten. On a lighter note, Freddie is very happy because L.A. Night is back. Bray Mysterio has apparently quit Raw, but then joined SmackDown, and Bray Wyatt speaks for the first time in two years. This is Wrestling with Freddy. Yes. Good evening and good luck, or whatever the hell I said. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Freddy. I'm here with my
6: most awesome co-host, Mr. Jeff Dye. How are you, sir? Feeling good, buddy. I will say it's just nice to have Bray Wyatt back. That's why I'm in good spirits. Yeah, it is nice to have Bray Wyatt back.
5: Let's start with Monday Night Raw, or as I like to call it, the Sami Zayn Show. Yep. And uh, the show, well, it is. The show opened with the bloodline, which consists of the world champion Roman Reigns, who's very handsome, very masculine. His two cousins, the twins, Jimmy and Jay Uso, the tag team champions. These men are just covered in championship belts all over the place. Their, their wise man, their shaman, Paul Heyman, and Freddie's favorite wrestler in the world, Mr. Sami Zayn, the Honorable Us. And they came out to the ring, and Roman Reigns began to cut a promo, and he was about to talk some smack on one of his cousins, Jay Uso, and Sami stepped in and interrupted and said... Let me take care of this situation for you, which basically meant let me save this segment, let me save this promo. The crowd went crazy. And he started speaking to Jay Uso. This to me is still the best storyline in WWE right now. Not so much the bloodline, just this issue that Sammy and Jay Uso have. I think they've done this beautifully. Jay hates Sammy, he does not trust Sammy. Sammy always plays the good guy, always turns the other cheek, even when he's not turning the other cheek, even when he's crapping on Jay. Um, he created his own new word. He said, you got to be cool, Jay. You got to be chill. You, you're not being very oozy. And it even made, it even made Jay's brother uh, kind of pop and laugh out of character when he said it, and the crowd popped for it as well. Um, this segment was interrupted by Matt Riddle, And his energy and the energy of the bloodline are very, very different. So it took me out of the segment a little bit, even though I like Matt Riddle a lot. But uh, he basically tried to get Roman to give him a match. Roman, even though everyone loves him now, did the heel champion move and said, no, never again. You're going to the back of the line, but you can wrestle... And the whole crowd starts going, Sammy, Sammy, because nobody cares about anyone in the bloodline except Sammy Zayn. (laughs) And we get to have a main event match of Matt Riddle versus Sammy Zayn. Um, How did you feel about the opening of Monday Night Raw, the beginning of the wrestling week? Did you like the segment? Was it bleh? What'd you
6: think? I loved it. I know. I think it's, I don't know why I like, there's no reasons I should like this bloodline and the this big stable of guys. I just love it. I, I think it's so great. I think it's so fun. I, I, I could, they could run with this forever and I feel like I'd be on board. It just feels cool to have this big like family style gang, if you will. And then also Sami Zayn is kind of interrupting the chemistry between, I just, I think it's perfect, I think it's great, and also like I feel like if I was triple h or Vince McMahon or a writer, like I'd make it i I wouldn't be clever enough to already be planting the the disagreements in the in the group the way that Sami Zayn is you know fighting with whatever i i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been clever enough to make that there's already like some the cracks in the in the cornerstone. So I love it. I think it's great. It was a great opening. Very, very entertaining. The Riddle thing was a strange choice, but also I liked it. It was cool.
5: Yeah, man. They, what they've managed to do with this, and I thought, because normally WWE either runs things way too long or yes. they cut it off way too quickly, and I thought this was going to turn into Sammy and, and Kevin Owens versus Jimmy and Jay for the tag team championships, and then eventually taking Kevin towards Roman for the world championship. I don't think they even need to do that now. They're, Sami Zayn, I know all I do is is bring rays of sunshine and blow smoke up this guy's ass. Mm-hmm. But he has become so good on the mic. Maybe he always has been and just didn't have the opportunity or or, or wasn't packaged the right way. But he has the crowd in the palm of his hand No one seems to have any real issue with him. Jay's issue is obviously a storyline issue. So he has to be acting right backstage, or this would get smashed as well. But this guy is on another level right now, and everything he's doing has just been perfect. I love the relationship with him and Jay. I love how much they hate each other. This storyline, just so our our listeners who might not watch every episode— he wrestled Matt Riddle at the end of, of Monday Night Raw and he received no help, not from Solo, not from who we forgot to mention, mm-hmm. not from Jimmy, not from Jay. Jay even stopped Jimmy from helping him out. They go, Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn were fighting outside the ring. Riddle's looking over his shoulder. Jimmy Uso's about to bust his ass and Jay's like, no, man, let him do it. Like, let him, he's in this alone. And Riddle's like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Kick Sami Zayn in the chest like 10 times in a row. And this storyline carried all the way over into Friday Night SmackDown, which is also known as the Sami Zayn show.
6: (laughs) And Sami
5: had to wrestle. Yeah, it is. And Sami had to wrestle Kofi Kingston. And in this story, the match they were telling, it went back and forth. Sami Zayn was dropping these elbows from the top rope. When they were fighting on the ground, his elbows looked so clean and crisp. He saved a crazy spot where Kofi jumped off. It looked like Kofi was going to break his neck. Sammy saved his life and turned it into a pin. And this time, Jay, who hates Sammy, actually helps Sammy get the victory in this. He, he does some shady stuff, and it turns into a roll-up, and Sammy gets the win and gives Jay no credit whatsoever, and somehow we're all okay with it. And even Solo was like, "Nah, man, I'm learning from Sammy." Like mm-hmm. Jay has been put on this island, and he's the only one that sees the truth, right?
6: Yeah, they're crushing it, and, and I just I love that. Like you said, he's he's doomed to see the truth, and nobody believes him, whatever. But that also means that your boy Sammy Zane is somehow the imposter that that will yeah. be that will be revealed one day. And the way they <laughs> built it
5: up. It's going to be a beautiful fall from grace, man. I can't wait till they turn him out and it's just four freaking Samoans just beating the hell out of oh, Sami Zayn until Kevin Owens comes out and saves his life. And then maybe Roman and Kevin can can go off to the races. But I feel like that's forever away. Like, they can wait as long as they want because they've just... They've built this amazing story. I, I genuinely feel bad for Jay, and it's a completely fictional story. And I'm like, man, this poor guy. Nobody nobody listens to a word he says. Oh, yeah. Now even his brother and his his brothers aren't listening. Roman doesn't care. Jay's looking at Roman like, cuz, are you playing with me Cause. right now? Are you messing with me right now? And Roman's just like, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Listen to a brand new season of math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
10: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating, to on purpose with jay shetty on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts trust me you won't want to miss this one
8: every week on talk easy with sam fragoso i invite an artist writer or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways i imagine you haven't heard from them before some of my favorites are with tom hanks margaret atwood Questlove, kate blanchett and oscar isaac If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or O'Rourke, the next, an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
2: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip.
5: That's going to move us on to another storyline that I think they've done a really good job with, and they've bled it into other stories now, which is The Judgment Day and Remy Mysterio. Ray had a match with Chad Gable. The Judgment Day comes out and interrupts, and they bring in Dominic after the match, and he gets in the ring, and he challenges his father to a fight. Now, this isn't like an on-microphone promo. They protect Dominic. He's just right in his dad's face, they're head head to head, almost like a headbutt, where he's like, fight me, hit me, do something. And he even slaps his father across the face. And Ray put his hands behind his back, which since you don't have a microphone to tell this story, you have to tell it with body language, just saying there's no way in hell I'm going to lay a hand on you. I'm just not going to do this. And it turns into a brutal beatdown which leads to AJ Styles coming out and Finn Balor and AJ, who we've discussed, have a, have a rich history going all the way back to new Japan pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he's saying like the same thing he's been saying, like I'm running out of patience. You better smarten up. And AJ says, you know, I have to have people I can trust. I have to have family. And Finn Balor's like, yeah, all right. All right. And then it's not that family because it was the return of the good brothers and i actually know one of them i never met carl anderson but i know festus or as they call him luke gallows when i worked there he was a this mindless voiceless beast named festus and when you'd ring the bell he turned into a monster Mm -hmm. and if you rang the bell again he became very docile and would drool uh which was not a a long serving gimmick but (laughs) but he Mm -hmm. did well with it just the same How did uh how did you like this segment cuz it bled into two different segments within the show? Did you dig it? Are you were, you were you not connecting with it? What's your take, sir?
6: I like it. I'm very happy about it cuz I know how much wrestling fans love the Good Brothers. I feel like wrestling fans are in general, they're very um in agreement about most things, like I feel like, like the the consensus of the wrestling community is like, we love Bullet Club, we love there. There's very much things that they all can agree on, and it's consistent. And everybody loves the Good Brothers. I'm not crazy about them. I've never been crazy about them, but because of like how much wrestling fans love them, the second they came out, I was like, all right, I'm happy because I feel like it made everyone else happy.
5: These guys got screwed bad by the previous regime at WWE. And we're asked, you know, sit tight. We're going to take care of you guys. We're going to give you that sweet contract. And then they were just released and mm. and felt very lied to. And that's not inside stuff. I think Carl or, or or Luke, one of them, actually spoke about it. My buddy actually gave him the name Luke Gallows, the guy that joined the really? company with me when I when I started there. Yeah, but yeah, man, this was this was nice. I don't know how far this storyline can go. I think it'll just set up for a nice pay per view match and uh, and get everyone a, a check. But they floated around for a little bit after that contract was kind of pulled out from under them. And I think this is Triple H making things right. He's very pro-talent. He's pro-show as well, pro-corporate as well, but he's very pro-talent. He always was, if he likes you. And I believe he always will be. So I think this was more, we're going to do right by these guys because we did wrong by them the last time. So I felt the way you did in that regard, when I saw him come out, I was like, oh man, he did right. Like they got screwed bad financially, like mm. bad. And that's happened to me on where it's like, yo, this movie's yours. We're signing the contract. I'm like, yeah, right on. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, this other actor that we liked more that the past the first time is mm-hmm. going to do it. And you're just sitting there with your dick in your hand. Like, wait, yeah. hold on. It's what? Worst. I just gave up this, that, and this to come in. <laughs> and- and and do this movie for you and now that's gone and I lost the other jobs that I passed on?
6: What the oh, hell? I, I just had that happen to me too. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> it's I, the I, worst. I, yeah, yeah it's we canceled worst. a bunch of dates for a show I'm already spending the money that the contract was going to be for like I'm already mentally going I'm going to buy this I'm going to buy this. and then they go oh, we're not doing it I what do you mean we're not doing it and I got to call all the gigs that I canceled and they go we already filled those man I was like oh dang it like I just lost everything it's funny you say that
5: it's really hard man my uncle used to always tell me and my uncle was Richard Pryor's manager he was my father's manager he was George Lopez's manager. He's Fluffy's manager. He's always worked with comics and a lot of musicians. He was Prince's manager back in the day. Like he knows the business. And he always said, he's got this great voice Freddie, it's show business. Which word's bigger? And that hits hard when you've had bad business done on you. Oh, for when sure. You're, when you're 18 and saying, Hey, I'm going to act. And he's trying to teach. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Business is the longer word. I know how many letters are in business <laughs> compared to show, but when you get screwed, man, and I don't want to name any names, but Oh my God, it's the reason why I've never had a good relationship with a producer. Cause I don't trust him until this last movie. I just did man, where it was like, wow, this is a guy that I could actually be friends with. This is a guy that I think I could develop like a brotherhood with, and I've never felt that in 20 plus years in this business yeah. <laughs> because of stuff like that.
6: I love it when they go, Hey man, it's business. It's not personal. I was like, uh, I'm taking it pretty personal. I don't know if you <laughs> know, like I'm, I'm taking all this pretty, pretty personal my whole yeah. Life.
5: You, you told me to personally trust you and then you screwed me over. So it's a hundred percent personal. It just personal. happened to be my business that got screwed up. Your business seems fine.
6: Yeah. Why yeah, why wouldn't I take this personally? It's how I eat. Yo, it's how I have, there, have a roof over my head.
5: We'll we'll do a side quest here real quick. I <laughs> met with this uh director that I like very much. I like the stuff he's done. I like the performances he's got out of guys. And we sat down and and spoke about this movie I was gonna do. And uh he was like, Man, they're gonna offer it to you and da-da-da-da-da. And they've got X amount of money. And they came at me with this offer that was like insanely low. And I talked to the director. I said, listen, man, they either already spent all the money on all the other actors or they don't value me the way you value all. me. <laughs> and and they're just trying to do bad business. And I, I don't like throwing numbers out there, but I'm, I'll throw numbers out there. You can look this up. It was basically scale plus 20% not scale 10, which would have been worse, obviously, but scale. And he was like, what? There's no way I'm going to get the money. And I was, I I don't want to say the director's name, but I was, I said, brother, I didn't call him brother. I called him by his name, but we're calling him brother. I said, brother, they negotiated themselves out of any deal that we could (laughs) ever have. Like now I'm going to say my counter and this number I'll throw out, which was ridiculous because it was a smaller role. I said then I want a million dollars if that's what right. you're going to offer me just so you know how ridiculous you are So they're going to lowball, I'm going to
6: highball for this bro <laughs> <laughs> Yeah like I want more
5: than the lead of the film basically right. and I don't want to work for people like that like I only want to work where I'm respected at this point in my career When you're on your way up you got to eat some shit man it's tough but yeah it's biz- show business is is tough because you got to remember At the end of the day, all they care about is making money. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a producer take a pay cut in their life, but they constantly ask the talent to, whether it's the director, the writer, the actors, the the composer, the bands that they're trying to get music from. Mm -hmm. All the artists are asked to take pay cuts. I've never seen a producer take a pay cut in my life. So when the Good Brothers got done like that, it was just a corporate jerk-off move, man, and I hate it when that happens, and I'm glad to see them back, and I hope they got their money. That was a long time to talk about the Good Brothers, man. We just That's all right.
6: People love the Good Brothers.
5: Yeah. Um, well, let's move on. It was the return, the 25-year anniversary of DX, minus Billy Gunn, who's in AEW. For those who don't know, DX was Triple H, Xbox, uh, Shawn Michaels, China, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. And this was a very anti-establishment. This happened during the Attitude Era of, of WWE, which I've, I've never been a big fan of. The matches were great, but I, always, I never liked any of the storylines, really. I actually liked this because even though it was in the main event spot, which should be a match, it was eight minutes. And they yep. still made the show about everyone else. They built up to, to this moment, but they only stole eight minutes which I thought was respectful. I know other people are like, well, you know, there should have been some young people that they tried to get over, and yeah, you're those opinions I would agree with. But eight minutes on a three hour show, it it was fine, man. And everyone got their little shout out and felt good. I was never, like I said, I was never big into DX or the Attitude Era, so it was it was fine for me. But uh, but yeah, man, shout out twenty five years of DX and now the anti establishment dudes. Shawn Michaels and Triple H are the establishment. They literally spray painted DX on the corporate building. And now they are the corporate building. (laughs) So I I thought that was a nice, unintentional 25 year storyline.
6: I uh, to quote um, a YouTube video they love called wrestling isn't wrestling. uh, It was it was as simple as us as teenage boys going. They're talking about wieners on TV. They're saying suck it on TV. How do I get a suck it t-shirt? You know, like it was, it's literally like they were able to become the, they kind of were the attitude era in a way. Like, like, uh, like, oh, we're going to be able to say what we shouldn't say. And we're going to do all these, you know, naughty things. And so, um, yeah, so like they were, they were the, if you're my age, they were a perfect chapter of your, of your life DX. So shout out. I loved it.
7: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
10: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed.
9: Smart, intellectual. I'm kind of smart. I think like it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like we have fun, but then he would treat me like crap.
10: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.
2: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast. listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Let's move on to AEW. There wasn't much that I that I really enjoyed here. I like MJF kind of clowning Stokely Hathaway in the backstage interview. That was a An issue that I had when they all came in the ring after MJF and Wheeler Uda's match that I had mentioned. I didn't know why that happened. I didn't think it made MJF look great. I don't think MJF can get every single person in the company over in a single segment, which it seems like they're trying to make him do it.
6: (laughs) That's just an impossible task, even for someone as great as him. It's also very obvious that that's what they're doing. That's why it's so strange to me.
5: It's tough, man. It's like when you know you have the golden goose, it's like, well get, get all these other geese over. And it's yeah. like, well, this one's made out of gold, man. The rest you just have me, feathers. You know?
6: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Can't make them all special.
5: Yeah. So I was glad to see him clean that up a little bit, but the segment I did want to talk about was the AEW champion, John Moxley and Adam Hangman page. John Moxley to me is a werewolf in the ring. He wrestles like a werewolf. He, he talks like a werewolf, like the way Jack Nicholson, was was in that movie wolf where it's just like very much everything is here you know (laughs) and sometimes I like it sometimes I don't but he came out and he was really honest and really clean and I believed everything he said and then here comes hangman page who I just I've never gotten I've this was for those who don't know this was the guy who had that promo segment with cm punk where everybody said he went into business for himself and sort of went off script and started talking trash and um taking care of himself and nobody else and really trying to bury cm punk on some on some real shit he's also been quoted as saying he doesn't take advice he doesn't need advice so i don't want to give him any because he doesn't want it but this dude's gotta help himself man you can't be making these mistakes on national TV. He's literally sticking his chin out and saying, yo, you think I'm a kid? You just think I'm a kid. What do you think John Moxley's going to say? Do you think he's going to make you look good in this moment? Or do you think he's going to say, yes, I do. I think you're a kid. (laughs) I've never seen John Moxley. So calm and sedated in a promo before, while this other guy just kind of went bananas and was punching himself in the face and, and then got calm again after that that probably should have been the end of that that bit as him going nuts but he sets himself up for disaster every time he does a promo he he literally is asking you a question where you have the opportunity to bury him or put him over and in this situation what else can Moxley do <laughs> like i just don't i don't understand it i wish he would ask for advice i wish he would let someone write for him I wish he would take advice if it's being given to him because he can wrestle. his mm-hmm. That buckshot lariat looks dope as hell, man. It's one of my favorite moves when he does it. He literally, for those who don't know, he stands outside the ring, grabs the top rope, does a forward hand spring over the top rope and launches into this clothesline lariat that just knocks people off their feet, no matter how big or strong they are. And it looks awesome. But when he opens his mouth and starts talking, he comes off way inexperienced. I know he said he's like 30 years old and has kids and all this stuff, but I've never been moved by an Adam Hangman Page promo. I, no. I like his work in the ring. I think it's super clean. I think his matches are, are fun to watch most of the time, but he just keeps playing himself, and I don't know why. I don't know how it keeps happening over and
6: over again. Also, at this era, like maybe I'm... You can tell me if you disagree, but right now in AEW, if you're going to talk in that ring, it better be real good. Like, like right now, like we're getting some of the best promos. Like between the even even when Punk was there, like he's so good on the mic. Moxley, I think, is great on the mic. You got um, you know, MJF. Like it better be really good if you're trying to have like a moment, you know. Like and so he just he just he seems boring when he talks. I'm just going, what is this? Is he crazy guy? Is he calm guy? Like is he cool guy? Is he tough guy? Like I don't know. I just don't. He's all over the place. He seems like a spaz guy.
5: It's very strange, man. If the if the person across from you, this is like an old acting tip, right? If the person across from you is very big and over the top, it's your responsibility as an actor to get smaller and calmer, to kind of balance the scene, right? Which is what Moxley did in this case. But this kid comes in and I just don't, I can't call him a kid. Well, I can call him a kid because he he asked what I thought and what Moxley thought and what all these people thought. You think I'm a kid? These promos come off the way a kid would cut a promo. And it doesn't seem tough it doesn't seem like cowboy shit it, which is his whole gimmick that's his catchphrase nothing about it has ever made me go yeah hell yeah even when he was up in punk's face like punk was still the superior one so if if you're in there you have to acknowledge to yourself in your own mind this dude or this chick is better on the mic than i am so right. less is more so let me say what i need to say and then physically i can do something but if he's going to continue to try and out-talk these guys that are straight wizards on the mic, he's going to fail, and he's going to fall flat every single time. If it was somebody with less experience that's not that good, then maybe that promo plays better. But when you're going up there with somebody who has more experience and has a cleaner promo than you, and you try to outdo them, you're going to fall flat on your face, man. But that's honestly Jeff, that's all I have to say about AEW this week. Same. I didn't think they they put much out there, man. Let's move on to let's move on to Friday Night SmackDown. Man. And before we touch on Bray, we're going to get to my best of the week. But once again, the Sami Zayn show in full effect, Kofi Kingston. I already got into it. I do want to say one thing. Xavier Woods was out there with Kofi Kingston the same way that Usos uh, or J Uso was out there with with Sami Zayn. And Jey Uso hit one of the most beautiful super kicks outside the ring on Xavier Woods that I've seen in 10 years. It was so crisp, so clean. I didn't even see the leg slap until they did the the replay in slow motion. And they were like, we'll show you the leg slap now. It's like, no, why you didn't win on the clean shot when I couldn't see it. Why wouldn't you just show that one again in slow motion? They're like, no, we just want to make sure, you know, it's fake. So we're going to cut to this angle and show the, the leg slap, which is so stupid, but whatever. Um, it was such a beautiful super kick that I jumped up and just went, Oh shit. I thought it was awesome, but moving on LA night is back. This is my best of the week. It wasn't the best match. It wasn't the best promo. I was just so happy to see all that crap be gone. I liked seeing him beat the crap out of Mansoor. I liked that it wasn't a long match. I didn't even think Mansoor should have gotten in the moves that he got in. I would have rather just seen a straight squash match. And then he talked some shit. Instead of letting you cheer for him, he called everyone in the crowd a bunch of incels, which is... The most beautiful insult a good-looking man can give to not-so-good-looking men. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, also, it's such a modern term, you know? Like, no no, no heels ever got to say that to a crowd. It's perfect. Never.
5: It was such a dick move. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. It played perfect. I like the out-of-breath post-match promos. I always have. I think you—I've always believed you think less. You're less in your head. When you're when you've just worked and the cardio is there and you're kind of breathing heavy.
6: Here's the thing, full full disclosure, being honest, Jeff, I didn't I don't know anything about La Knight. So when he came back, I was kind of just sitting there going. And then my my phone starts blowing up like La Knight, La Night. Everyone's like all excited about it, but I don't know much about this guy. He looks great, he looks cool, but I don't I really know nothing. He was an NWA guy for a while, right? He was like yeah, uh, he, he's
5: been in a bunch of indies. He's been in indies yeah. all over the place, but his NXT run. Was very short lived, but it was clean, man. Like everybody loved that character. It was very stone cold Steve Austin ish Mm. uh, in in sort of like a modern version of it. He's a good looking dude. He can talk, he can wrestle. He can't take his shirt off because he's too buff. I wish I had that problem. (laughs) I'm going to start buying extra small shirts and jackets and vests for press (laughs) events just so I look super jacked. (laughs) Whatever. I don't care. I want to look good. I love it. I love that. Let's move on to the uh, final segment of the night, which I thought, well, well, I hoped it would be better, but I still thought it was okay. Bray Wyatt, for the first time in two years, was going to speak, and he was back in the WWE, his home where he belongs, although I would have loved to have worked with him. He showed a lot of raw emotion. I will say, your entrance should never be longer than your promo. (laughs) Mm,
6: that's a lot of fight. guys guilty of that.
5: Brother, it was a five-minute <laughs> entrance for a four-minute promo. I was like, damn. But he, he put his heart and soul out there, and he talked about something real that I think people should be discussing, which is self-worth. So this promo, I thought, had a chance to resonate really, really well, and I would have loved to see how it finished, but they cut to this weird video which was some ghostly masked figure who I guess is going to challenge Bray. I didn't quite understand what what the message of it was, but it's a promise they have to keep now. And I just don't know who they have on the roster that's going to fulfill that. I would have rather seen Bray call someone out than have someone – Call randomly out, okay. call him out. And so it ended very strange. It ended the show like it just cut away. It went to black. You didn't even get to see Bray's reaction, which I felt was much more important.
6: But what did you? What did you think? This was actually my best of the week because. Um, one, I just love Bray Wyatt and I think he can do no wrong. He's, I I, I feel like he could do something that everybody in the world would go, that's trash. And I'd be like, Bray, like I hang on everything that Bray Wyatt does. I'm just so, I'm so obsessed with them that you won't hear me criticize much about him, but the spooky video, right? That they, that ended the thing with Fade to Black, at least it left us with a bunch of question marks where we can go, where I was like, Oh, I'm excited to talk to Alex and Freddie about this. Like, like I, I think when you get at least wrestling fans going, well, what was that? Or what's going on? And Bray's the master of question marks. Like he's the master of leaving us going, <laughs> That's a good what's point. what's he doing? Or like, what's this promo mean? Or what's that lantern about? Or what's the, you know, when he came out with like the, the, his own head, like on a lantern with the open mouth. <laughs> and the, Like he was just always doing weird things where I'm going, what, what is happening? And so this is kind of a fun thing um, that left us with question marks, even though I wasn't crazy about the video. Cause I, I agree with what you just said. I didn't think that until you just said it, but he should be calling someone out. They shouldn't be calling him out. So I do agree with that. But other than that, it did leave us with like a bunch of like, what the hell's going on in wrestling right now? So I like that. So, so
5: who do you think it is? It can't be Bo. It can't be his brother or people are going to crap all over it. The sec, if that's their plan, they need to reverse course immediately because it can't be Bo. He hasn't been packaged properly
6: to be, that mighty of a challenge. There was a bunch of like white rabbit stuff, like when when everyone's going, who is the white rabbit or whatever. I was watching all these like YouTube videos of like there's some wrestler that actually used the the name white rabbit. There was like all these, and I was thinking, oh maybe maybe this could be one of those guys. I don't know. It would be great if his brother. I'd like it if it was Bo. I wouldn't be mad. At, I wouldn't be mad about it.
5: I guess, but man, a lot of people are going to have to job to Bo in order to make that believable. You can't mm-hmm. just give him Bray right away and then just say, "Look at look at this challenge." I, I, at least not. May, I mean, maybe they, maybe they have some great new idea that I don't know and can make that work. I like Bo Dallas and I like the potential in him, but the way he's been packaged, I just don't. I just don't see how that's a a credible threat to the insanely credible threat that Bray has always been. But I will say this. He got choked up out there. He was telling the crowd they saved his life. He said things like, I thought everything I had done in this business didn't mean anything until I was gone, and you wouldn't let it go away. You wouldn't let me leave. The words you said to me meant so much. I thought he, you know, you could tell nobody wrote it. That was all mm-hmm. just from his heart.
6: I just wish they would have let him go another three minutes or so. Also, is there any better actor? Has there ever been a better actor in wrestling than Bray Wyatt?
5: Wow.
6: He's so good, dude.
5: Well, let's well let's close with that. Because like, not CM Punk, because CM Punk nope. was never acting. He was just playing himself. Mm-hmm. You could argue Cena because I feel the white rapper is more John Cena than the Marine version, the made man version of John Cena, but it felt like the same promo every week. So mm-hmm. probably not him, not Hunter. Cause he just did his own. He just played himself and always just, you know, would break all the rules yeah. and not let the other wrestler <laughs> break any.
6: Oh, uh, well, uh, what about mankind? I mean, he did, he did three different characters. Even his early know, promos man. when he's sitting in the chair and he's like, He's, he's, he, and also it almost seems like when you write like a character or when you write like a movie, like how you want all the storylines to eventually like, it's almost like he had today Bray Wyatt in mind when he does promos back then, because like he'll reference things. There's things you can go back and find. He He's, he's, he's saying stuff that he's saying now, like even in his old like character style, it's, it's he's amazing. I think he's the best That's, actor for sure.
5: Yeah, man. Better than Taker as far as acting goes. Mm-hmm. Better than Kane, better than Cena, better than Punk. Man, who, who? I don't know, man. Comment that's really comment. good. Comment
6: and message us if you think there's a better actor that's ever been in wrestling. Yeah, I don't. I, we'll don't, find I, I, don't I yeah. We'll
5: find we we challenge you to
6: find yeah, one.
5: I don't think can't you think can. If you do, and we agree,
6: we'll shout you out on the podcast next week, Jeff. Where are you going to be this weekend? Sacramento. And then all my other stuff is on jeffdie.com. You can find all that stuff there.
5: Follow my friend. He's super funny. He tells all the jokes he wants. He doesn't care if they hurt your feelings. He does care. He wants <laughs> to make you laugh. But he's willing, to, he's willing to break a few rules on the way. And that's one of the reasons I love him. Comedy and wrestling are still my two favorite forms of art. We love you guys. Take it easy. And we'll see you next week. Peace.
6: We're out. Follow us on Instagram, Wrestling With Freddy. Twitter is WWFreddyPod. Follow us on all the socials so you can submit your questions for the Federation. This
5: has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al one o visita prevnar20enespañol.com.
1: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA, and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy.